Hello and welcome to another podcast from BNP Paribas Wealth Management. My name is Charlotte de Capoisson. Today we are going to discuss the rise of greedflation. When we think of the surge in prices over the last 12 months or so, we usually attribute this elevated inflation to A, the effect on energy prices in the wake of the conflict in Ukraine, and B, disruptions to the global supply chain resulting from the after effects of COVID-19 lockdowns. However, the International Monetary Fund has recently highlighted a factor in today's inflation rate that is perhaps less well appreciated, namely the surprising ability of companies in raising prices across the board in order to boost profits. This greedflation or seller's inflation has been previously identified and discussed at length by economist Isabella Weber of the University of Massachusetts. The IMF itself suggests that, quote, rising corporate profits account for almost half the increase in Europe's inflation over the past two years, as companies increased prices by more than spiking costs of imported energy. Today's discussion with Edmund Sheng, Chief Investment Officer of BNP Paribas Wealth Management, centers on, firstly, the definition of this greedflation, and secondly, the question of whether it is a phenomenon likely to persist over time or whether it is a temporary effect. Hello, Edmund. Thank you Hello for there, Charlotte. Edmund, is greedflation a real phenomenon in today's world? Uh, yes, absolutely it is. There has been some debate from economists, but the reality is we see it everywhere. For instance, if I look to analysis done by the Federal Reserve in the US, by the Bank of England in the UK, or even the European Central Bank in the Eurozone, they have all three central banks identified that companies have seen their profit margins, i.e. the profits as a proportion of sales, go up since 2020. And one of the key reasons that profitability of companies has gone up has been due to the company's ability to raise prices more than the general rate of inflation. So definitely, yes, it's a real phenomenon. Would you give some concrete examples of this greedflation? Which industries and companies have been taking advantage of consumers to raise prices sharply? I can give you two which we can all feel and we can all see. Food price inflation in the shops is up over 15% year on year in Europe. And if I was to identify a really concrete example, I could look at chocolate. The cost of chocolate bars has gone up a lot over the last 12 months. To give you an example, my favorite lint chocolate bars, lint milk chocolate, I used to get a pack of three for three euros in my local supermarket. And now today I would have to pay at the normal price four euros 30. And yeah. guess what? I don't buy it anymore. Secondly, <laughs> another area we can all feel and we will all feel this summer will be in anything related to tourism. So specifically airline and train tickets, which are way up over the last few years. And secondly, hotel prices. So clearly consumer demand remains strong for people wanting to go on holiday this summer. But prices that we pay for tickets and for hotels are much higher today than it would have been one or two years ago. And how can it exist when we are taught in basic economic classes that competition is meant to prevent companies from charging supernormal profits? And is this to some degree a failure by competition authorities who are meant to prevent price gouging behaviour? It can exist because we have seen increasing concentration of almost monopoly or oligopoly power i.e. more big companies have been dominating a whole number of markets and industries. 
for instance, again, coming back to my example of chocolate, or you can look at coffee as well, Nestle, the Swiss company, is the, one of the world's dominant buyers of chocolate, uh, i.e. cocoa and coffee, and one of the world's chief suppliers to supermarkets of these products. So they have a lot of pricing power, partly because of their position as the world's premier supplier of these, I would argue, relatively addictive goods. So that would be one area. And and uh, if you ask me, have competition authorities fallen down on the job? I would say yes, to some degree. We can see this in the technology sector in the US, for instance, where companies like Google or Apple or Amazon have not really seen big challenges to their dominating market power from the US regulatory authorities. It's sort of starting now. But I do think that regulatory authorities have fallen down a little bit in the job as companies have been consolidating and the bigger companies have been getting even bigger in terms of their market shares. Do you think that this greedflation effect can persist over time or is it a temporary effect linked to the unusual circumstances of the COVID-19 disruptions plus the Ukraine conflict? I think part of the background to this greedflation effect is that prices are going up everywhere and that is largely due to the Ukraine conflict plus the aftermath of the COVID-19 disruptions. These are both fading in terms of their power. So I think the overall background of generalized inflation is fading. So that smokescreen is dissipating. And as this smokescreen disappears, I think the greedflation effect will be harder for companies to continue to reproduce, i.e. I think they'll find it difficult to continue to raise prices as they have done over the last 12 months going forwards, because they won't have the excuses that they've had for quite some time now. At a stock market level, what companies have seen strong earnings and stock price growth as a result of this deliberate price over volume strategy? Food producers clearly is one sector. I, I, clearly anything related to leisure and tourism and travel has been a second area. But there are pretty much, you could, you could see this over a widespread of consumer-facing industries. But if you look overall, that some of the strongest profit margin gains have been in areas like food production, for instance. So as I said, I come back to Nestle or Unilever. We can think about these household cleaning products that Unilever produces, the creams. These have all had quite substantial price rises over the last year. And these companies have been reporting stronger, higher profit margins as a result of this uh, strategy of raising prices and to some extent sacrificing volume growth in order to do that. How are consumers reacting to these price hikes? I mean, what longer term trends do you see resulting from greedflation that investors should be aware of? Well, quite simply, there's a limit to what consumers will accept. You cannot expect to continue to treat all consumers as basically stupid. And we are seeing consumers reacting. They vote with their feet, which is quite normal. As a result of these higher prices, we all stop to notice it and we all change our behaviours. One way we change our behaviours, for instance, is we shift down market. We might, for instance, instead of buying these premium brands like Nestle's or Unilever's premium brands, we opt for supermarket-owned brand products, which are usually quite a lot cheaper which actually is quite good news for the supermarkets because they tend to make more money out of their own brands than they do out of selling like you know, these premium brands. Secondly, we are even shifting further down in terms of our consumer behavior by shopping at discounters. So Lidl's and Aldi's of this world. And you have certainly seen these German discount chains like Lidl and Aldi taking greater market share of, for instance, the, the sort of weekly food shopping basket 
in countries like the UK, France and elsewhere. So clearly consumers are voting with their feet. They're not accepting it. And I think we are starting to see a backlash, which actually is resulting in the food producers themselves having to start to get promotions on some of their products to make them more attractive because consumers have reached the limit of what they will accept. Ed Mishing, thank you very much. And to our audience out there listening today, please like, share and subscribe to our weekly podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict or on any other podcast provider of your choice. Until next time, goodbye.